devotion, Bible meditation, and prayer. What specifically is happening to us? We're going we're gonna to find out what is specifically happening to us while we're getting in depth into wake up, serve, repeat God's purpose, purpose for daily devotion, Bible meditation, and prayer. We're going to find out. We're going to get down into details of what's happening here in our life. Amen? Um, let's go to the next slide. Understanding of the day. Understanding business of, of devotion. We're going to hit on these uh, six um, topics. Soul exercise. Bible uh, copiousness. Sight training. Soul shaping. Bite training. Can I say it like that? Can I say it like I'm in a soul exercise? Bible copiousness. Sight training. Soul shaping. Bite training. Delight cultivation. Amen. Those are the things we're going to hit on today. Amen. And I'm excited. Are you excited to hear the word of God? Man, y'all better, better get excited about the word. Amen. So these are the things that we're going to dig down into um, of how devotion is building us. Amen. Not just building us, but building our life and the people that are around us. Amen. When we give God our time. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. Remember! Remember, there is no secret formula or a right mixture of prayer and Bible study. There is nothing, there is no secret, there is no special mixture, all right? To get a breakdown, raptorious moment with the Lord all the time. Don't get discouraged if we don't have the feel-good emotional sensation all the time. That's the problem, say. Sometimes we get into a word and, and oh my goodness, it was so good, it felt so great. And then we start three, four days later, oh, I don't feel the same. And then all of a sudden, we barely trying to get up, barely trying to do it. And then all of a sudden, it's put in the back burner. Amen? Our devotion is put in the back burner. Um, you're not going to feel the rectorious, the, uh, the moment with the Lord all the time. So don't get discouraged. People will rather run to service after service looking for a good time to fulfill their emotions. And see, the thing is, God is not trying to just touch your emotions all the time. Amen? God is not just trying to break you down and make you feel emotional all the time because emotions can be directed many different ways. Amen? You can just run a service to service and, 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 and if the organ hits the right chord, boom, ow! Amen. 
don't feel them sometimes. Right. When you're like, man, God, where you at? Seek him in the valley moments. Seek me for who I am, Jesus is saying, and what I have done for you already. Can you seek me for what I've done for you already? Can you seek me because I just shed my blood for you? Can you seek me because I saved you from sin? Yeah. Or how about just because you love me? Can you just seek my face just because yeah. you love me? Huh? Seek me because you love me. Yeah. Don't whip through them to get rid of the guilt. Don't whip through the notion just to get rid of the guilt. That's it making us do it. I ain't making you do nothing. Do it because you love Jesus. And don't just go through them just to say, I don't want to feel guilty when I come to church on Sunday because he's going to say, get, did you get it in? And I'm going to have to say, yeah. No. Do this because... <laughs> Do it because it's in your heart. You want it. And if you feel yourself rushing through it, just pause and relax and say, God, touch my heart. Amen? Amen. Check ourselves. Amen. Amen. So don't quit doing um, Ask for the desire. Have you ever asked God for the desire? Ask him for the desire while you're doing the work, though. You can't ask, God, I want you more. I need you more. And you don't put no time or no effort into spending time with him. You can't say, God, I want you more. I don't want to experience you. And you're not setting some time aside to be alone with God. Amen? Amen. You got to set some time alone and get away. Amen. Amen. Um, um, some of us stop right at salvation. And I can do stuff in his name. I, I stop right at salvation and I pray in Jesus' name with this and that. No. Because the Bible says... People will come to Christ and say, you, I did this in your name, and I did that in your name. He's going to say, what? Depart from me. What is your motivation? What is your motivation? Why are you here? People come, sometimes people come and say, I just want to get something from the church. I'm going to come to service a few times and make sure I get a handout. Amen? You need, we need Jesus. Come for Jesus. He will give us the occasional taste. That becoming stronger every time, it takes sweeter every time. Every time you're in that valley moment, you say, God, where are you? Keep devoting your time to him. Keep seeking his face. Because right now you're going through the valley, but what you're really doing is you're heading up the mountaintop again. And once you get that mountaintop experience again, it's going to be greater than what you had before. But you got to keep seeking him. It's, you got to keep seeking him. And when you taste and see, and when you taste it again, you might go back through that valley moment, but keep pushing because God is doing something in your life. Let's look at Jesus. He's the greatest example. Let's go, uh, let's go to the next slide. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus had devotion often. Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed in Luke 5, 15 and 16. Jesus got away. He often withdrew and he often got alone to prayer. Imagine, imagine Peter waking up always. Jesus was always gone. He was always trying to get alone to pray. And Peter, man, Peter was like that protective type type of dude, amen? He the one that chopped off the ear of the soldier. He was like, ah, I got your back, Jesus. So imagine Peter, imagine Peter waking up all the time and Jesus was coming. Jesus, where you at? Where you, where you going now? Find James, John, can you please find Jesus? Jesus all the way up in the cave. Jesus up in the wilderness. Jesus, one time Jesus took a boat out into the sea to get away, Amen. He, man, he knew the importance of getting alone, devoting time to speak to his father. Jesus said, it's important. I got to get away. I got to go out to the wilderness. Before Jesus made a major choice about who would follow him, 
he got alone and prayed all night long. Some of us, Jesus, some of us make choices and make decisions on who we're going to be with in life. Whether it's a, a, a wife or whether it's a, a partner or a business choice. And we pray for 10 minutes. I say, Lord, I, I, I tried prayer. What you mean you tried prayer? How long did you pray? Oh, I prayed. I, I prayed five, ten minutes. Five, ten minutes? Man, you got eight years and ten years you've been in the world and you pray five, ten minutes and, and think God going to speak to you that quick? This is not, everybody, the Sunday school teacher said, it's, it's not, everybody wanted right now, popcorn society. Spend some time. God, Jesus, the all-knowing spent all night long before he made a choice. God, I just stayed on his knees. Lord, help me choose. Help me make a decision on who's going to be, who's going to follow me, who am I going to be with for the next, for my ministry. Amen? He took some time. So when you're making choices, you need to spend some time with God. Amen? Amen. Matthew 14 and 13, when Jesus heard about John's death, he withdrew. When Jesus was struggling with pain, and struggling with some kind of suffering and some, some kind of hurt. Man, Jesus got alone, man. He had to get alone and pray to God. He had to get alone and, and, and ask God to strengthen him and ask God to encourage him. He got alone. When you're dealing with hurt and you're dealing with pain and you're just constantly dealing with depression and worry and fear and this stuff keep running through your mind, you can't just sit down and spend five minutes with God and think every, you got to spend some time with him. Get alone with him daily and allow Jesus to keep working and working and working on your life so that the pressure can be lifted up. Jesus was hurting. John was dead. His cousin was gone. Jesus was hurting. Amen? Are you with me today? Amen. Amen. So let's go to the next slide. So we're going to start off with the first bit of the here. It's called Soul Exercise. All right? <clears throat> we exercise our bodies to increase strength, endurance, to promote general health, and keep, and keep unnecessary weight off. You know that extra love handle, that, that little stuff right here? Yeah. <laughs> that little, that little, like we, we want to keep that stuff off. So we exercise. We try to get it fit, try to get it right. Devotions are like exercise for our souls. They force our attention off of self-indulgement. See, when you spend some time with God daily, you're, you're, you're getting away from that self-indulgement because all the time we work, we watch TV, we run with the kids, we do this, and we need to sit some time alone and get off the self-indulgement, distractions and pursuits, and on to God's purpose and promises. We begin to start thinking about God's purpose for my life. What's God's promises in my life? If we neglect this exercise, our soul will go to pot. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. If you don't exercise your body, whoa, you're going to start seeing some things. Amen? I started looking at the mirror like, oh, my goodness. Chest don't look like it did when I was 20. <laughs> Amen? It don't look like it. It don't look all fitting, all snug. Because I haven't been exercising. Amen? That's the same thing with your soul. Yes. If you don't exercise your soul and get deep into Jesus and spend some time with God and spend some time with Jesus, man, your soul is going to go to pop. You're going to find your mind and yourself running around trying to figure things out. You can't figure nothing out. Amen? Amen. 
Don't look for the easy way out on Sunday church. It's not enough. You ever heard of, uh, you ever heard of that pill that you can take and you can lose weight by just don't do nothing? You just sit there. You just, you just sit there. And that, and that pill is supposed to do something, right? <laughs> I wouldn't mess with that pill. Don't mess with the pill that if you sit down and do nothing, you're going to lose some weight. That pill is going to mess you up. If you ever, you ever see how pills they, oh, it can make you lose weight. It can make you do that. And then the real fine print when you talk real fast, but it can take out your heart. It will eat your liver. It will, <laughs> it will cause you to go in convulsion. You will have seizures. But you can lose weight sitting down. Brothers and sisters, you need to sweat. You need to get it out. You need to work out. Christ did with issues. 
and how he walks. Your mind and heart becomes healthy. You're not decaying inside. Some of the saints can be decaying inside. And we're hurting inside. And we're dying inside because we need to do some soul shaping. We need to mix it up. We need to, in our hour of prayer, of reaching an hour, and maybe you're at, right now you're at a half an hour. Wherever you are, you keep pressing towards a goal. We make goals in life all the time, don't we? We make goals on our, on our finances. We make goals on, 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 on vacation. We make goals and we plan for this and we plan for that. Let's make a goal on spending time with God. Let's, let's start making goals on how much time we're going to spend with God in the day. Can we make that goal? Amen. We make goals for everything else. Let's make some goals on how we're going to devote our time to Jesus. But one, we're breathing his air. Huh? The very air we breathe is here. The way, the, 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 things, the things that are making us survive, and all the organs belong to him, all of this stuff belong to him. But we don't spend not a minute with him. Amen? Let's go to the scripture that goes with this Romans 12 and 2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? That you may prove what is that's good and accept, acceptable and perfect will of who? You want to spend some time with him. You want to show, shape your soul into renewing your mind to prove what is good and acceptable to God. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. Bible copiousness. Anybody know what that means? Copiousness. Copiousness means plenty, more. I need more. Copious means I have plenty, 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 more, more, more. Amen? Bible copiousness, meaning Bible plenty. I need more Bible. Amen? I need more knowledge. All right? Um, um, let's, let's read this. Bible copiousness, it says, a through repeated soaking in the Bible over the course of years increases our overall biblical knowledge, providing fuel for the fire of worship and increasing our ability to draw from all parts of the Bible in applying God's wisdom to life. Amen? Amen? We need Bible copiousness. We need to allow the word of God to soak in us. You can't just depend on a few scriptures that I'm giving you on Sunday. You need to study that scripture. Get into that scripture. Get into your word. Allow it to soak in you. The soaking in the word is not for just a sound to sound deep all the time. I'm not telling you to get all this knowledge so you can sound deep. People ask you, what do you want to eat? I want a thou a steak that I'll bring it to me for. Speaking in King James, stop it! It's not for you to sound deep all the time. This is for you to deal with the issues of life. Wisdom. Huh? This is not for you to be so you can look all deep and sound all deep all the time. People, man, people take that knowledge to a whole other level. Y'all know? Y'all know? Oh! Your word I have hidden in my heart 
that I might not sin against thee. Soaking the word of God will keep you prepared and keep you um, your mind straight. But when the enemy tries to come in and distract you to do this and do that, you can find and bring out that word hitting us in your heart and begin to fight back against the enemy so you might not sin against thee. But if you're not soaking the word of God, maybe you might go somewhere and you might slip up. Amen? Somebody might talk to you in the wrong way and you thought you were holy, but then you found out, wait a minute, I need to get a little more in Jesus. I need to get a little deeper because I just thought about snapping you. I just thought about snapping off. I just thought about doing something wrong. So that's an indication I need to soak into this word so I can have it hidden in my heart so when things come up in life, I might not sin against who? I don't want to sin against you. Next slide. Fight training! <laughs> Make sure I keep y'all awake today. Fight training! Training, 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 training. <laughs> Marines undergo rigorous training in order to ingrain their weapons knowledge that when suddenly faced with the chaos of combat, they instinctively know how to handle their weapons. And so similarity. Daily handling and using the word of God, using the sword of the spirit, makes us more skilled spiritual warriors. The more you soak into the word of God, the more you get into the word of God, it's preparing you for fight training. Amen. The more you know your weapon, the more you know your sword, you are able to use it against the enemy. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 17, it tells us, I don't have the scripture up there because it's real short. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Amen? You have to keep it in your heart and be ready to defeat the enemy with God's word. You have to know the word better than Satan. How many of you know you gotta know the word better than Satan? Do you know that? Did you know that Satan knows the word of God? Do you know that Satan used the word of God to tempt Jesus? And Jesus had made sure that I know the word of God better than you, Satan. Amen? So say we got to get into the word of God because Satan will try to use the word of God up against us. You need to know the word of God so you can be ready. You need to know your weapon. Can you imagine a general uh, soldier out there? I don't want to be with no soldier that don't know his weapon. As soon as the enemy come back, he just goes, ah! <laughs> Man, what is going on? Man, you just go to training. What is going on? Listen, you need to know the word of God so every time the enemy comes, you can say, uh-uh, I'm more than a conqueror. Uh-uh, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Uh-uh, I can come boldly to the throne of God. You need to know what you are doing. You need to know and have that weapon so when the enemy comes, you can stop him right in his tracks. I'm talking about fight training. Know your weapon. Know your weapon. Don't allow depression and fear and worry to always consume you. That means you don't know your weapon. You fumbling. Get into your word and know your weapon. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Let's go to the next slide. Sight train. Amen. Sight train. Daily devotions are an important way to train our faith eyes. Say faith eyes. Faith eyes. To see the glory of Jesus. In his word and training our emotions. Now, this, this is important. 
important right here. Train our emotions to respond to what our faith eyes see. Keep looking for keep looking for what? Keep looking for glory. You, you need to train, you need to keep in your word. Your devotion is preparing your eyes to hold on to your faith so you can see. Listen, if all you see is doom and gloom all day long, you need to get in your word. Because what you see is you're not seeing with fake eyes. You're seeing what the enemy is having you to see. You're seeing what the mirage of what the enemy is putting you through. You're seeing what the enemy is placing in your heart and your mind. And you only see that. And you're not seeing with the faith eyes. You're not seeing with the word of God. And guess what happens? When you see things, it affects your emotions. You get depressed. You get worried. You get fearful. Because you see what's happening in the world. You see what's happening in your relationships. You see what's happening on your job, and you see all these things, and they're affecting your emotions. Our young people, when you're in school, if you're not in the Word of God, and you see things, and you, and you see things coming up in your life, you see what's happening around you, those things can get depressing, and, you, and they get to worrying you, and you're worried about school, and you're worried about and people like you, and you're worried about all this. You need to start seeing with faith eyes, and you need to start seeing yourself with faith eyes. Amen? That's really important. You need to see yourself with faith eyes. You need to look in the mirror and see that God loves you and he cares for you, that you're important, that you mean something. Amen? Amen. That you're important, that you're somebody. Amen? Because people, people, man, kids are ruthless. Kids are, man, kids are ruthless. Man, they can say something. They can say some things that I would have never thought I could say. I, wow. Where did you come up with that? They can say some hurtful things, and you need to see yourself with faith eyes. Adults, we need to see ourselves with faith eyes because our past can haunt us. Our past can come against us and we be thinking about all, all that we've done in the past and the mistakes that we made and, and what we've been through and, and people put all that pressure on us. You need to see yourself in faith eyes. Amen? Second Corinthians, let's go to the scripture. Second Corinthians 4 and 18 says, while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. When we dig deep into the word of God, we're seeing beyond the beyond. We're seeing into the future. You're seeing your victory. And you might see your train coming. You might see your strength. You might see your trials and tribulations. And if that's all you see, but no, when you're in the word of God, you see beyond the trials. You see beyond the tribulations and say, wait a minute. I see my victory. Yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. I see my victory. So no matter how hard it gets, no matter how tough the trial is, wait a minute. I see my faith eyes. I see my victory. I see my victory. You will see the handiwork and experience moments seeing him surround you more often. You begin to see and feel his presence around you. You will begin to see his handiwork before it even happens. Amen. Amen. We're almost done. Let's go to the next slide. Delight cultivation. All right, cultivation is <clears throat> cultivation is something that you work on. All right, if you're having a garden or whatever you're doing, it's something that you're working on. You're working on cultivation means you're working on, and so you delight in cultivation. All right, and so what this is saying when a couple now this is not up here, but I'm, listen to this: when a couple falls in love. 
there are hormonal fibers. When, when you first get involved with somebody and you first see it, oh my goodness, the fireworks be popping off, amen? Everything they say, everything they do, they can be looking ragged, they can have sweatpants all day, everything, fireworks is going crazy because you're in love, amen? Fireworks just be popping off, amen? But when married, they must cultivate and delight in one another. Before marriage, everything he said or she said did the fireworks pop off. But now that you're married, you have to cultivate and delight. There's a difference when you begin to delight in one another. Amen? And so, it says, it is the consistent, persistent, let's read that together. It is the consistent, persistent, faithful, intentional, affectionate pursuit of one another during better or and worse Richer and poor, sickness and health that cultivates a capacity for delight in each other far deeper and richer than the fireworks pains. Similarity. 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 Devotions are one of the ways we cultivate delight in God. Amen? Listen, when you begin to delight with someone, it doesn't matter how the, it don't, it don't matter. You, it, it could be for rich or for poor. It could be worse. It could be sickness or health. It don't matter because we've been working on this relationship and I'm down with you to the end. It don't matter. I'm with you to the very end. It don't matter what we're going to face. It don't matter what we're going to go through together. I am with you. And it's far deeper than just a firework pop off because there might not be fireworks all the time, married people, right? It's not fireworks all the time, but I just delight being in the presence. Amen? Sometimes my wife, she puts something on. I'm like, oh, that looks nice. That looks good on you. She's like, you're looking at me in husband eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything looks good, baby. I know. Amen. Amen. But we just delight being with the other, and that's the type of relationship Jesus yeah. wants yeah. with us. Yeah. He doesn't want just, I Cornelius did that, and God said, I smell. I 
I smell the sacrifice. I feel it. I'm going to come visit you. Amen? Amen. Many days, it may, listen to this, many days it may seem, um, it may seem repetitive, it may seem mundane, what, what's the word? Mundane. mundane. It may seem mundane. Your flesh and thoughts will scream foolishness. Your flesh and your thoughts will say, you crazy. You need to get up, man, get an extra half an hour of sleep. Man, man, turn on your show, Empire, on this one. I get on some other way, man.